welcome into the lounge. This is your boy Brad. I am back. I am back. I went to Florida for a week, drove the wife and the kids down to Florida 14 hours there, 15 hours back. Oh, I've been itching to get behind the mic. I want to talk rookies. We've been oversaturated with rookies, but that's what we're doing. That's what time of year it is. Thank you for joining me in the lounge. I'm trying something different tonight. I'm uploading this as a video to my Patreons. The audio will be a podcast. And this is going to be an uncut, unfiltered rookie review part one. I'm going to oversee or talk about the rookies. Uh, no notes, no show sheet. I'm just going to give it to you raw, uncut. I also got the t-shirt I'm wearing. Raw, uncut, unfiltered Roto Lounge. Find that on Viridian Global. Look at the Roto Lounge merch. You can find it there. But first, before we get started, hey, I am used to being in Florida. So I got to get back in the mood. I'm not ready to give up that Florida. So Alexa, play some reggae instrumental music. Yes, and I'm going to make a drink. It is a nice beach drink. So for all my patrons, oh yeah, turn up. Alexa, volume six. You hear that? All right, is this cup big enough? Patrons, tell me, is this cup big enough? All right, what we're going to do here, we're going to make this drink called a Miami Whammy, baby. If you don't like tiki drinks, you don't like cocktail drinks, fruity drinks, whatever you want to call them. Oh, man. Roto Lounge, I love them. All right, so let me put this glass here for you. All right, we're going to do... Um, whoa. We're going to do three different kinds of rum. Three different kinds of rum. Let me get my... All right, so first we're going to start with this Myers Premium White Rum. All right, so if you're listening to this on the podcast, I'll, this is an uncut, unfiltered, no editing... Could be boring, could be exciting. The last one I did was the rookie after the draft of last year, and I was, hold on. Uh, first, if you have any kids listening to this show, go ahead and turn them off, put them to bed, put earmuffs on, turn the podcast back on. I'll give you a second. All right, because this uncut, unfiltered, there's going to be some cursing, some swearing. Probably some words, slurring. You know how I do it. Just going to have some fun. Probably going to backtrack a little bit. All right, so we got one ounce of that. Then we're going to go out one ounce of this Appleton Jamaican Amber Rum, I guess you want to call it. Let's pop it for the first time. All right. Let's get an ounce of that. Listen, we are going to be tipsy tonight. Three ounces of rum. Ooh. Whose idea was this before we start getting talking about rookies? And last but not least, we're going to go with some Gosling Black Seal Bermuda Black Rum. Listen, if you're not part of the patron, the patron movement, you need to be. Go to patron.com. Look up. Roto Lounge. You'll have access to this video if you want to see my mug, making drinks. Listen. All right. Now, 
We got some roses. Roses, sweet and lime juice. All right. We are going to do an ounce of that. Oh, yeah. We got that Jamaica music, man. Oh, my goodness. Then we're going to hit it with one ounce of this Roses Grenadine. And I forgot some liqueur. I got to go back to the liquor cabinet real quick. This is how we do these uncut, unfiltered raw, man. We just do it. I'm going to let you listen to that Jamaican music, man. I'll be right back. All right. As soon as I say this is uncut, unfiltered, the wife comes down and says, can you help me move the girls? They fell asleep. So I'm going to have to edit a little bit out of this, but that's all right. Found the missing ingredient. Nassau Royale liqueur. I could not find any more of this in Florida. I've had this for a few years. They said they haven't had it for two years. So I'm going to go sparingly on this. Typically, it's an ounce. I'm going to go half an ounce. Just because I don't know when I'm going to see this again. You guys in that vacation mode? Huh? Am I getting in that vacation mode? All right. And we're going to top this bad boy off with some OJ. Shake up the OJ. Top that bad boy. Now look at this bad boy. <laughs> oh, shit. This is like... Uh, has anyone ever been to... Um, you ever been to the Hopper House and seen those big-ass 64-ounce mugs of beer? Yeah. This is filled with some Hunch Punch Miami Whammy Tropical Delight. For your ass. Cheers, my friends. Patrons. Cheers. Mm. Ah. This is some good stuff, baby. So this is going to be perched up. Let me perch this bad boy over here. I can easily access it. Now, my Mac already screwed up. I'm filming this on a laptop. I was trying to do the audio on the Mac. Didn't work, so I'm going to pull that audio from this video. Hopefully, it turns out all right. I got to get my shit together and get this hardware figured out. But anyways, we are going to talk about the rookies today. But first, let me talk about that Patreon, okay? The Patreon account, all right? It's as little as $2 a month to join, all right? We got the Patreon, the Discord chat. We're doing mock drafts. I'm doing Telestrator breakdowns of the rookies. I got player rankings for Dynasty. Uh, we're doing Zoom chats once a month. Uh, I'm going to start a Bourbon Bowl League Dynasty in there. Really cheap, good way to support the Roto Lounge. Find it, Patreon slash Roto Lounge. You get stuff like this. You'll get the video. You'll see me making these big-ass crazy drinks. You might even see me get sloshy a little bit, uh, but that's how we do it, all right? So, like I mentioned, this is uncut, unfiltered raw. The last one I did was the rookies. After they were drafted, I was cursing, saying Visca was going to run bitches over the NFL level, and hey, maybe that's going to happen, but we're going to just have a good time, man. Drink it up. Talk it up. That's how we do it. All right, so let's start 
from the top. Let's start quarterbacks, okay? Now, I'm not going to hit every rookie, okay? We're going to go over a couple. I've been watching a lot of film, breaking a lot of film down for the Patreons and for myself and for my rankings. So I've seen a lot. So I'm just kind of going to go off the, the top of my head. I, I do have some stats written down just so I can kind of make a case for certain players. But we'll make this quick. So first of all, let's talk about uh, Trevor Lawrence. All right. I know we're sick of hearing it, but listen. People talk about early adjusted production, breakout age, young breakout age. All right. And and we're talking about a quarterback here that at 18 years of age, right? Into Clemson as a true freshman, rotated with Kelly Bryant the first three games of the season. Dabo Sweeney promoted him to the starter at, at week four. As an 18-year-old, all this kid did. He led Clemson to an undefeated season the rest of the year, passed for over, what, 3,280 yards, a 30-4 to touchdown-to-interception ratio, 30 touchdowns, four interceptions, a 65% completion percentage, took his team to the national championship, won the national championship, whooped Alabama's ass, the worst, the worst Beating that Alabama has ever taken in the Nick Saban era. This kid was the quarterback. He won MVP of that game. And I have people that are saying, oh, well, you know, he's not really that good. He's not really, you know, there's another quarterback in this class that, you know, it, it might have taken him two years to become a starter. But, you know, he's he's a little better. He's a little better. Or a one-year starter. Uh, he's probably going to be better than Trevor Lawrence, or not even that. A guy who who's playing the lowest competition in college, he might be a little better than Trevor Lawrence. Now, listen, people are getting too cute trying to downplay what Trevor Lawrence brings to the NFL game. Now, listen, I'll be the first to tell you. All right, Trevor Lawrence doesn't have the best mechanics. All right, Alexa, Volume Four. In my ear a little too much. All right, listen. He doesn't have the best mechanics. He doesn't have the strongest arm. He doesn't have the best accuracy. He's not the fastest, right? But what Trevor Lawrence does is he has natural ability to get the job done. One way or the other, he gets the job done. He reminds me a lot of Peyton Manning, right? When we watch Peyton Manning, he... He did not have all the tools, right? He was not strong as arm. He, he he wasn't the most accurate. A lot of times he looked like he was just trying his hardest to get the pass down the field. A lot of times it looked awkward, right? But when it's all said and done, Peyton Manning was one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time because he had all the intangibles. He had everything that it took to be a successful quarterback. Elite leadership skills, uh, the it factor, Everything that you need. Trevor Lance displays that. Trevor Lance embodies that. Or I'm sorry. Trevor Lawrence embodies that. Right? He is quarterback 101 in this class. To me, it's not even close. I've been watching this kid for a long time. He, one thing that I like to look at when I'm looking at these prospects is their desire to be great. Their desire to be legendary. 
All right. They put in the work ethic. They put in uh, the work with their teammates, with their coaches, leadership on the field, off the field. All right. These players are the ones I want to invest my fantasy stock in because if I was an NFL GM, I would be wanting to invest in these players. All right. Trevor Lawrence is that guy. He is that dude. And listen, this is the class to take quarterbacks. This is the class to take quarterbacks. And we'll get into that once I get through all these quarterbacks. Number two on my list is the quarterback from Ohio State, Mr. Justin Fields. Let me take a drink. There's been some recent talk about his work ethic, right? We know now that that was just bullshit. I don't know what Dan Orlovsky was doing, whether it was somebody inside the Lions organization hoping they could make him fall or Orlovsky was just making some shit up. We know that Justin Fields is an extremely hard worker. When COVID hit and you have players wanting to opt out, Justin Fields was the voice of the Big Ten. He said, we want to play. We want to have a season. We just want to do it very safely. We want to do it right. We want to do it smart. We want to play. Now, tell me a player that doesn't have a good work ethic and only wants to get paid at the NFL level would be doing that. I don't think so. Though they would just pack their bags, get an agent, start planning for the NFL draft. Nope, 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 not Justin Fields. He worked his butt off. One of the hardest workers, actually, from my research, one of the hardest working quarterbacks in this class. You see him uh, in the videos working out. You see him preparing to to go against uh, Trevor Lawrence in the national title game. You see what he did when he took that hit in the national or in the playoff game. Nearly broke his ribs, or he did break his ribs. Got up, wanted to fight, wanted to be that elite quarterback, where is that desire to be elite quarterback, right? That's what Dan Orlowski said. Where is that desire to be a great quarterback? Well, when you nearly have your body snapped in half and you come back in because you want to win a national title, to me, that is a desire to be a great quarterback, to be, thank you, to be an elite quarterback, okay? Justin Fields has that. Now, there's questions about Justin Fields. Okay, he... uh, He didn't look good against Indiana. He didn't look good against Northwestern. Yes, I understand that. There were times in that game where he did not handle the blitz well. He did not read the defense well. His accuracy was off, okay? Those things are coachable, right? Those things are coachable. It's not like it is a fundamental flaw in his game. It's not like... He has a weak arm, or he, or all in all, he's not accurate. He's a very accurate quarterback. He has a very strong arm. He's a very fast quarterback. Ran a four four forty at his pro day. All right, he has all the skills necessary to be an elite NFL quarterback. All right, I've compared him to a bigger version of Russell Wilson. You can go back to my dynasty quarterback podcast. I already have Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence inside the top 10 of dynasty quarterbacks. I think I have Fields at eight right behind Justin Herbert. That's because I don't know what his team is. I don't know where he's going to be playing football. I think he's a better prospect than Justin Herbert. 
I think he's a better prospect than Joe Burrow, without a doubt. I think Trevor Lawrence and I think Justin Fields are better prospects than Joe Burrow, without a doubt. Better than two attack by low, without a doubt. Lawrence, I have I, I think they're both better than Herbert. Right, but Herbert showed up this year. He plays for the Chargers. He did very well. Where's Justin Fields going to land? For me, he's quarterback two. If he doesn't get drafted within the top five picks this year, somebody's doing a piss poor job of evaluating because Justin Fields is absolutely a top five player in this draft. And again, this is the draft. This is the draft for quarterbacks, fantasy draft for quarterbacks, real NFL draft for quarterbacks. This is the class. I'm pushing you to draft quarterbacks in your fantasy draft with your top picks. And I'm not even questioning it one bit. I'm not scared of it. I'm not regretting it. Take quarterbacks in your draft. Time for a drink. We're just getting started. I probably drank a quarter of it. All right, next quarterback up is Zach Wilson. Now, Zach Wilson... Watching Zach Wilson, the dude is special. There is something about this kid that just oozes electricity. The way he slings the football around effortlessly, his release, his accuracy, he has pinpoint accuracy from anywhere on the football field, can hit receivers anywhere. I don't care who he was playing. I don't care what his competition level was like. He can put the ball in very tight windows, and that is going to translate to the NFL level. Now, I watched a lot of film on him. I've watched a lot of film on Trey Lance. Both of them concern me with a little bit of their accuracy. They've set their receivers up uh, in bad situations. Um, that can be trained. That can be taught. But what Zach Wilson brings to the game, uh, I would not say it's a Patrick Mahomes, but when you watch him, you kind of get that vibe. And you hear a lot of people talk about the off-platform passes. And, and technically, as a quarterback, you know, you have your mechanics. You have a proper way to deliver the football. And he, he can just do it naturally, right? And that's what they call off-platform. When you're running and, and you're not technically having your hips squared or your shoulders squared, and he can just release the ball at any angle, any level uh, of his arm, similar to what Patrick Mahomes can do, and just zip the ball in and complete the ball. I mean, it's really incredible what this kid can do. And I'm not worried about his competition, right? Quarterbacks, I mean, Patrick Mahomes didn't play anybody either, right? So I'm not worried that he played BYU and, and they lost to Coastal Carolina, but he knocked off two top 25 teams. The dude can play ball. I'm not worried about any of that. Now, some people say, what about Jake Locker? He's like Jake Locker, right? I remember Jake Locker. For you, for you guys that don't, I believe it was like 2010. He was the eighth overall pick uh, by the Titans. And there's a lot of resemblance to the Titans and the Jets this year, right? The Titans were, were getting over Vince Young. Vince Young was becoming a bust. They got rid of him. They fired Jeff Fisher. Mike Munchak came in, was the, the, the new coach of Tennessee. They wanted to change their identity. They wanted to draft a franchise quarterback. They went with Jake Locker from Washington. And before we get into what Jake Locker brought to the NFL, look at what the Jets did, right? They're moving on from Sam Donald. Uh, Salah and, and Douglas won a new face of the franchise. They're going to invest their money into a quarterback, and I think it's going to be Zach Wilson. 
I could be wrong, but the point is the Jets are going to take a quarterback, and let's just say it is Zach Wilson. Now, Jake Locker, all right, Jake Locker was an extremely talented quarterback coming from high school to college. He went to uh, Washington, was a six foot three, 230-pound quarterback. Uh, I believe that Zach Wilson's six foot three, 210, so he's uh, 20 pounds lighter. Jake Locker was a much more uh, mobile quarterback. He liked to. He actually liked to run the football. I think his college career, he had over a thousand yards. Uh, he now he had an off injured college career. I think he played four years. He had over a thousand yards rushing in college. Uh, three, four, five thousand yards passing. I don't remember what it was. The thing about Jake Locker though is he had a very poor uh, completion percentage. Right. It was always below, I think it was like 45%, 50%, 53%. I mean, very low. Uh, let me see if I have something here. No, I don't have anything. Um, and, and so, you know, the thing about Jake Locker is I think he, he, was, he wasn't worried about the money. He was worried about his self-worth. He came back to Washington it was the year after the rookie wage scale, so if he would have went pro, he would have been able to get you know that huge paydays that rookies were getting. Sam Bradford got that fifty million dollar payday, being first overall. The following year, the rookie wage scale was kicking in. Jake Locker knew that he still decided not to go pro, uh, and that's the year Cam Newton was drafted first overall, and I think that money dropped dramatically, almost in half, I think, uh, for the first overall pick. But Jake Locker was drafted by Tennessee. I loved him. I thought he was a, a, a great uh, prospect, and his one knock was his accuracy. Now, when he got to the pro, I think he was behind Matt Hasselbeck to start. Uh, he, you know, he was uh, up and down, right? He had a lot of injuries. He had a wrist injury. I think he had an ankle injury. He had a shoulder injury. So in his four years, he finally was named, I think, the starter his second year. Then he got hurt, came back his third year, got hurt, came back his fourth year, had a decent season, got hurt. Right, his rookie deal was up. Jake Locker decided he didn't want to play football anymore. Um, there were rumors that several teams wanted to sign him because he had the potential, but all in all, he ended up being a bust. He was an eighth overall pick, just didn't pan out. So some people are saying, "Well, Zach Wilson is like Jake Locker." I mean, you can compare Zach Wilson to the greats. You can compare him to the bust. The bottom line is, you got to you got to put it in a vacuum. All right, Zach Wilson. When you evaluate this kid. He's got all the tools that you need at NFL quarterback. He's big. He's strong. He's fast. He's accurate. Uh, I mean, he, he's smart. He has all the intangibles to be NFL quarterback. Another knock on him is maybe his immaturity. Uh, you know, there's talk about he took the BYU quarterback, or not talk, he took the BYU cheerleader, two cheerleaders to prom. He's making some tweets that some people think are immature. I don't think it is. I think the kid likes to have fun. Um, but it could be a knock. Is he going to come to the NFL? Is he going to prepare like an NFL franchise quarterback? The guys like Trevor Lawrence that I think are going to prepare. Justin Fields, I think, is going to prepare. Um, the Peyton Mannings, the Andrew Lux, the ones that prepare to be elite quarterbacks. Will he do that at the next level? That I'm not sure about. I don't know, but he has all the intangibles to be a superstar at the next level. I would love to have Zach Wilson in any type of super flex leagues that I don't get Trevor Lawrence, that I don't get Justin Fields. I'd love to have Zach Wilson. All right, number four quarterback on my list, 
And since in a quarterback, we're just a uh, quarterback podcast. We're just going in order. Um, another drink. Mm. All right. Trey Lance. Coming out of the same college as your boy Carson Wentz. Now, I watched Trey Lance, right? I watched him. I watched his film. I broke his film down for the patrons, all 22. He has some good qualities, and there's some qualities he definitely needs to work on. I think that his legs are going to help him be successful at the next level until his passing catches up. I don't think he is the most accurate. I don't think that he can read defenses the way that we want an NFL quarterback to read defenses. Obviously, at his competition, they're not nearly as fast as NFL. They're not nearly as smart as NFL. The coaches don't scheme as well as the NFL. So <clears throat> you got to be careful of that, right? We thought Carson Wentz was the the greatest thing for the, his first two years in the league, and now he's crashing back down to earth um, because, again, he can't take the pressure. He's been injured. Uh, the competition level is much uh, more talented than he's used to. Could this be the same outcome for Trey Lance? I don't know. But when I watch Trey Lance, I see Dak Prescott. 100% I see Dak Prescott. I think I made a comment if Lamar Jackson and Jameis Winston had a baby, I think it would be Trey Lance. Right? He can run his ass off. He throws the ball up. He's not as accurate as I want him to be. Um, I think Dak is more accurate than he is, uh, but I think that Trey Lance is going to need the work. I think he's going to need the work, but he's my fourth quarterback right now. And again, for fantasy purposes, he's going to be successful because of his legs, just like Lamar Jackson is, right? So if you're happy with Lamar Jackson, you get that rushing upside. I think Trey Lance is going to provide that as well. Now, Trey Lance doesn't prefer to run right off the bat. He would rather throw the football, but there are designed runs for him. There are designed bootlegs for him. There are designed quarterback sneaks for him because he can run the football and be successful doing so. So he is going to be successful, I think, at some point, uh, as long as he can remain healthy and improve on his passing. But if I'm starting a franchise, if I have a fantasy football franchise, I'd rather have Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, or Zach Wilson as my quarterback before Trey Lance. And last but not least is Mac Jones. We're getting a lot of talk about Mac Jones, number three to San Francisco. Listen, Shanahan can't do that. He cannot do that. You cannot trade three number one draft picks to move up and take Mac Jones. Now, listen. People also want to talk. All right, if Mac Jones goes to the 49ers, he's automatically one of the top quarterbacks in the in the rookie drafts. Or whichever quarterback goes to San Francisco is one of the top quarterbacks in this draft class. But let me tell you something. Mike Shanahan or Kyle Shanahan gave a second round pick for Jimmy Garoppolo. And and yours truly, this guy right here, yours truly was hyping Jimmy MVP for two seasons. Jimmy G is the guy. Jimmy G, you got to get Jimmy G. And for all of you that, that have been following me, you know I've been saying Jimmy G, MVP. Last year, Jimmy G, Brandon Ayuk. Jimmy G, Brandon Ayuk. Now listen, Jimmy G got hurt, so I don't know. Would they have done something? Maybe, maybe not. The point is, Jimmy G was in San Francisco, and he wasn't, he wasn't great, right? So what makes us think that Mac Jones is going to go to San Francisco and be great? What makes us think uh, Trey Lance is going to go to San Francisco and be great, right? 
I think San Francisco really wants Zach Wilson. I made a tweet early on that I think that that Shanahan and Salah have already discussed and that Shanahan's going to get Zach Wilson and, and Salah might move back, but I, I've kind of changed my tune on that a little bit. Uh, I've been hearing some things about how the Jets really want Zach Wilson. Whether that's true or not, I don't know. Maybe they're just hyping it so that Shanahan ponies up more to move into that number two spot. I don't know. The draft is a crazy thing, right? There's a lot of smoke screens, uh, a lot of things put out there that that uh, aren't true. Um, so I don't know, but I think that I think the 49ers want Zach Wilson. If Zach Wilson went to Kyle Shanahan, that would be a tremendous pairing. If Dustin Fields goes to San Francisco, that's going to be a tremendous pairing. Trey Lance, I think he's going to take some time. Mac Jones, look, Mac Jones, he has very good pocket presence, right? He has a very good ball. He has a very accurate ball. He doesn't have the greatest deep ball, right? Um, It's good. It's not great, right? Same with Jimmy G. Jimmy G has a good deep ball. He doesn't have a great deep ball, right? We saw in the Super Bowl how he overthrew for a potential game winner. I just don't think, because Mac Jones cannot make things happen with his feet, I do not think that he's the guy. I mean, listen, Kyle Shanahan inherited Matt Ryan in Atlanta, and they went to the Super Bowl, and they lost, right? Imagine if Matt Ryan had legs. Imagine if Matt Ryan could run the football, all right? Would that have been a different football game? Would the Falcons would have been able to run the clock out by letting Matt Ryan scramble, design bootlegs, right? Quarterback sneaks, all right? Do you not think that Kyle Shanahan has learned his lesson by using a pocket passer, okay? Everyone's saying, oh, that's what he likes. That's what he's used to. He likes Jimmy Garoppolo. He likes Matt Ryan. He likes Kirk Cousins. Kyle Shanahan is a very smart coach. You don't think he's learned, like, well, damn, I've been in two Super Bowls And both times I've lost with a pocket quarterback. Think about that for a second. Think about losing two quarterbacks or two Super Bowls with two different quarterbacks that were pocket passers because they can't, I mean, they can use their feet, but not like a Justin Fields, not like a Trey Lance, not like a Zach Wilson, not like a Trevor Lawrence. They can't run like those quarterbacks. I don't think, I really don't think the 49ers are going to take Mac Jones. I think Kyle Shanahan. Now, any, who, did any of you guys watch? There was like a rookie show last year that was talking about the draft, the virtual draft, and they were showing all the coaches, like the GMs and their setups. And they were doing a tour of Kyle Shanahan's house or whatever. And he walked into the living room. And on the video was like a pause video of Jerry Judy. It was like a pause video of Jerry Judy. And Shanahan's walking through. And he's like, he doesn't pay any attention to it. He's like showing you that everything. And you're walking through. And after that aired, all the, the detectives, right, that are trying to look for clues, they're like, oh, my gosh. Jerry Judy was in the video behind him. Kyle Shanahan wants Jerry Judy. He wants Jerry Judy. Like, that's his guy. Fuck no. Kyle Shanahan set you guys up. He wanted Brandon Ayuk from the beginning. And he had people thinking that he wanted Jerry Judy. I think he's doing the same thing with Mac Jones. I think he's putting the false narrative out there. I think he's telling all his connections. Let people think that I want Mac Jones because I'm going to hit him with the boom, bam, sham, shop, like a buck, a boom. You know what I'm saying? And take Justin Fields or Trey Lance. He's going to do something like that. But then someone's going to say, 
But but no, he he could have went to Justin Fields' pro day. He went to Mac Jones's pro day. No, he didn't. I mean, he he went to Alabama's pro day. He went to Alabama's very last pro day. It was the last pro day Alabama was going to have. Alabama has a lot of good players, offensive tackles, defensive tackles. Uh, we weren't sure if Najee was going to run. We we weren't sure if Devonta Smith and Jalen Waddle were going to run. Yeah, Mac Jones was participating. But that doesn't mean he was there to see Mac Jones. But again, it could also be another smoke screen because little do maybe you know, San Francisco sent their assistant general manager to Ohio State's Pro Day. And he is considered one of their best evaluators on in the franchise. He went to Justin Fields Pro Day to evaluate Justin Fields. Wow, Kyle Shanahan. You ever heard of the Kansas City Shuffle? Well, everyone's focused over here. You're going to hit him over here. Everyone's focused on Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch at Mac Jones' Pro Day. And then over here, they have one of their best evaluators at Justin Fields' Pro Day evaluating him. And now Justin Fields is having a second Pro Day. And the 49ers are going to be there front and center to evaluate him. So be careful. I, I did a mock drive on Twitter and I put Mac Jones in San Francisco. But do, and that's only because that's what I, that's what I was hearing. But when you think about it, when you when you look at the tea leaves, Kyle Shanahan could be trying to outsmart all of us. He really could. All right. Now let's go down to, uh, before we get to receivers, let's get to running backs. This is a one. Oh, well, first, hold on. First, 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 first. Let me go back. I told you this is uncut, unfiltered, raw. I'm going to be backtracking. I'm going to do all kind of stuff. This is a year to draft a quarterback. All right. I've been telling people single quarterback leagues. I don't care if it's a single quarterback league. I don't care if it's a super flex. I don't care if you don't even roster quarterbacks in your league. The first pick in this draft needs to be Trevor Lawrence on everybody's fantasy roster. And you can think I'm stupid, and that's fine. But listen, there are so many question marks around this draft class. That yes, you can take a Najee Harris, you can take a Jamar Chase, you can take a Kyle Pitts. But listen, those players are replaceable. They're not going to be the elite like you think they are. Now, I know it's going to be a hard conversation to say Kyle Pitts is not going to be elite, Najee Harris is not going to be elite, Jamar Chase is not going to be elite. But let me tell you something. When you have quarterbacks that come in this class, like a Trevor Lawrence or a Justin Fields, you need to get those guys on your fantasy football rosters because they can be studs for 10 years. Right? If I would have told you that Russell Wilson was going to be Russell Wilson and a top 10 quarterback every single season he's played, would you have taken him in the top pick? Okay, Aaron Rodgers, all these players, Patrick Mahomes. All right. If you had a chance to take Patrick Mahomes first, would you? Now, not in his draft class, right? Because that's what you're saying. But, but, but Brad, we could have got, we could have got Patrick Mahomes in round three of his rookie draft class. We could have got Deshaun Watson in round two of that draft class. That's true. You could have. You could very well have. But you know who else was in that draft class? You had Christian McCaffrey. You had Dalvin Cook. You had Joe Mixon. You had Corey Davis. You had Leonard Fournette. You had Kareem Hunt. You had Alvin Kamara. Okay? I'm not going to tell you to draft Patrick Mahomes over those studs, right? And I was a fan of all those guys coming out. All of them. All of them. Um, Yeah, I think all of them. I can't say that for sure, 
but I'm pretty sure I was a big fan of all. I think Joe Mixon, I wasn't a fan of Joe Mixon coming out because I thought the whole off the field stuff. But the point being, I would not have said, oh, you got to take this guy, Patrick Mahomes, over Christian McCaffrey or Leonard Fournette, who's the fourth player taken off the board. Or you got to take Deshaun Watson. No, I wasn't saying that. You could have got value with those quarterbacks. This is not that class. This is not that class. And you say, well, what about Justin Herbert? I could, I got Justin Herbert in the second round. I got Joe Burrow in the second round. Last year's class was just as good as the other class. There's no Jonathan Taylor in this class. There's no Cam Akers in this class. There's no CeeDee Lamb in this class. There's no Justin Jefferson in this class. All those players are better than Jamar Chase. All those players are better than Devonta Smith. All those players are better than Rashad Bateman. All those players are better than Najee Harris. This is not that class. This is not the class. This is the class to get quarterbacks. Next year's quarterback class, doo-doo. Straight up doo-doo. All right? This is the class to get a franchise quarterback in your league. Now, I've talked to some patrons, and I said, look, if you don't have a top five guy, right? And right now I have Trevor Lawrence number four because... Because Deshaun Watson has fallen. My dynasty quarterbacks are Patrick Mahomes, number one, Kyler Murray, number two, uh, Russell Wilson, number three, and Trevor Lawrence, number four. All right. Number five is Josh Allen. All right. Number six. I don't know who number six is. But listen, if you don't have a top five quarterback, if you don't have a Patrick Mahomes, a Justin Herbert, a Josh Allen, a uh, it, you, some people might think it's Dak Prescott. Some people think it might be Lamar Jackson. Listen, if you don't have one of the top five or six quarterbacks in this class, trade your fucking quarterback. Trade him. Trade him. I don't care if it's Joe Burrow, or and you have a in your position to take um, Lawrence or Fields. So if you have one, one or one, two in your class and your rookie draft. And you have a quarterback like Joe Burrow. You have a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers. You have a quarterback like uh, Kirk Cousins. I don't know who you have. If he's not in the top five, if it's not a Kyler Murray, not a Russell Wilson, not a Josh Allen, trade your freaking quarterback, add a receiver, add a running back, add a proven player that's going to help you win, and take Trevor Lawrence. Take Justin Fields. You're going to have a better fantasy football team than if you keep your Kirk Cousins or you keep your Aaron Rodgers and you draft a guy like Najee Harris or Javonta Williams or Jamar Chase or Kyle Pitts. You're going to be much better off getting that quarterback and sitting on Lawrence or Fields for the next 10 years, putting up numbers like Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck and Patrick Mahomes and Russell Wilson and being that top five quarterback. Superflex, it's a no, it's a no brainer. Superflex is an absolutely no brainer to me. Superflex, I'm going Lawrence, Fields, Wilson, maybe even Trey Lance over Najee. Najee didn't even run in his pro day. We don't, yes, he looks good on tape, but we don't know what we don't know what type of athlete he is. You know, we, we see what he's doing against his competition, but is he a four six? I don't know. Right? That concerns me because I need my running backs to be fast. I need my running backs to be agile. I need my running backs to do some damn drills so I know exactly how good they are. All right? I don't care if he's jumping over some scrub defensive back. Clearly, if he's jumping over the scrub defensive back, the guy doesn't have proper tackling techniques. So that doesn't really impress me. It impresses me that 
Najee can jump that high and land on his feet and, and, and keep that balance, that definitely impresses me. That's not going to happen at the NFL level. Very rarely is that going to happen at the next level. So in Superflex, I might be taking four quarterbacks over Najee. Single quarterback, I'm taking, I have one one in a league. I have Lamar Jackson. I'm trying to unload Lamar Jackson to get a proven receiver, to get a proven running back so I can take Trevor Lawrence. And I'll start Trevor Lawrence from day one in Jacksonville. He's used to a college system. He's He has a college coach. Uh, they're going to spread the offense out and just let him throw the ball around to Visca and Shark and, and some other players that he drafts. I'm telling you, this is the this is the draft to get quarterbacks. All right. All right, now to running backs. Running backs, Najee Harris. I love Najee Harris. Absolutely love Najee Harris. But listen, there's question marks about Najee Harris. Before he decided to come back this season, right? Before he decided to come back in the COVID season, in my prospect ranking, I had a Jonathan Taylor, I had Cam Akers, I had um, Najee Harris, then I believe it was DeAndre Swift, J.K. Dobbins, Clyde Edwards-Alaire were my top six. All right, Najee decided to go back. Clyde Edwards was drafted by the Chiefs, so my top three backs were J.T., Cam, and Clyde Edwards were my top three backs. But Najee would have been the third best back in that class last year. So coming into this draft class, he's number one for me. He's a, in a tier by himself. But he's the third best back if you put the classes together. That's how good I think the 2020 class was with JT, Akers, CeeDee Lamb, Justin Jefferson, Jerry Judy. I mean, the guys that performed. That was a tremendous class. And I think that class spoiled us. We think we're going to have the same thing over again. But we're not. I think we're going to have a lot more busts this year than we have uh, in the previous year. Uh, I just think that this is just a mediocre class. I think we're trying to prop up guys like Javonta Williams and some other players, Michael Carter and, and some of these other players, because the, the, there's no elite players. I mean, we've been watching Jonathan Taylor for years. I was watching Cam Akers for years. Um, people were watching CeeDee Lamb for years. I mean, these guys were, they were putting their resume out there for years. They weren't these one-hit wonders that just kind of come around and now they're hot, right? Uh, so. I got questions about Najee. I think he's going to be good. I think he's going to be very good. But, again, for me, I need a running back that's fast. And I can go into those metrics. I mean, very rarely do you have a running back that's successful that runs slower than a 4-5-5-4-6. I mean, I think Aaron Jones was successful. Um, and then some of these pro days, combines, you got to take with a grain of salt, right? Sometimes they're injured. Sometimes these numbers aren't correct. Um, but it does give you a barometer of where they might be. And I have no idea where Najee is. But dude can catch like a mother. Dude can run like a mother. Um, but he's also old as a mother, right? He's going to be like 23 years old. I think by the time his first contract's up, he's going to be like 26 or 27 years old. So you can invest your number one pick in that. And that's fine. Our, our, our dynasty window should be about three to four years. That's fine. You want to invest in... Najee Harris for three, four years. That's great. Okay, that's great. Or you can have someone like Trevor Lawrence, who in three to four years is just going to be hitting his peak, right? And then, you know, you can talk about scarcity, position scarcity. 
a 10-man league versus a 12-man league versus a 14-man league versus a 16-man league, it's a different story, right? 12-man league, you might be able to get away with, with taking Lawrence later in your draft if you can because there's only 10 starters, right? Um, but Najee, there's question marks. There's question marks around Najee. He wouldn't even run for scouts. He wouldn't even perform for scouts. Um, that concerns me. But when all, when it's all said and done, if I'm sitting there at 1-3 and he's there, I'm taking him because I'm taking Lawrence over him. I'm taking Fields over him. But if those two are gone, I'm taking Najee Harris with that pick. The number two running back I have in this class, and a lot of people think it's crazy, but it is Chuba Hubbard, and I really like Chuba Hubbard. And yes, there's question marks about Chuba Hubbard. I think everybody in this draft class, there's questions about Chuba Hubbard, he had the 2,000-yard season, come back for COVID. I think he averaged like 94 yards a game. So-so, I think he was banged up a little bit. He he didn't perform so well in his pro day, right? But we've seen his tape. We know he's fast. We know he has track speed. He's a little on the short side. Uh, he does need to improve his pass blocking, I think, to be a really successful player in the NFL level. But if he gets drafted to a team that runs the – uh, the outside zone blocking scheme. I think Chuba Hubbard can be an absolute star. Uh, maybe it's only for a few years, but if he gets if he goes somewhere like San Francisco or Miami, uh, I think that Chuba Hubbard could, could could be a very good football player. He's a home run threat every time he touches the football. Similar to Dalvin Cook, I don't think he's clearly as good as Dalvin Cook. Um, but he does have that speed where he could absolutely take it to the house on any play. He's my number two running back in this class. It's, it's Najee, and then there's another tear break, and it's Chuba. Then there's another tear break, okay? I haven't done a lot of evaluation on Michael Carter, Javonta Smith, uh, and all these other guys, Jamar Jefferson. So that's going to be on the Rookie Review Part 2. All right, that's going to be on Rookie Review Part 2. I'm going to get into some of the players that maybe we didn't get into this time. Um, and those running backs, I will. But know that right now, Chuba and Najee are my running backs one and two. If you trust anything that I say, um, I don't think Javonta Williams is going to jump Chuba. So you can lock him in. Cheers. More drinks. Let's talk about receivers, wide receivers. Now, listen, if you haven't, if you haven't uh, tuned into my YouTube, I'm doing some data film comps, YouTube videos where I talk about the production of uh, the players. Then we break down a, a few film segments and I give you their comps based on my data model. They're high in NFL comp, they're low in NFL comp. So if you haven't, Check, seen those yet check out my youtube channel roto lounge look for the data film comps right now i only have amari rogers and i have uh, travis Etienne. so i'm working on some other ones uh, i'm probably going to try to hit some of the stars because i'm running out of time the draft's coming up soon i want to get those out but let's talk about my number one wide receiver in this class mr rashad bateman from minnesota uh and and, and there's a few reasons why i like rashad bateman uh, and, and I talked about last year. If you if you watched me last year, um, 
you know that I talked about Jeff- Justin Jefferson a lot. And and shout out to you, Daniel. I know you've been here since the beginning. You remember me talking about uh, Justin Jefferson's chip on his shoulder. He wanted to be great. He had that desire to be great, to prove everybody wrong. And he's already come out and said, y'all fucked up by not giving me rookie of the year. Wait till you see me next year, motherfuckers. You know what I'm saying? Like, he is ready. Now, listen. He's the only player last year that I had no question marks about. You know, I watched his tape. I didn't have any question marks that he could only play slot. I had no question marks about his talent. Uh, when he ran that four four three speed, that was the last question mark I had. What was his actual speed? Because I believe he ran a four seven seven coming out of high school, and I said if he runs anywhere near that, he's not an NFL player. To run a four four three forty, that sealed it. And I was at the combine. I think I made a comment. I even did a video like. That's it. Your boy to the moon. Justin Jefferson to the moon. He's my number one receiver. Look, CeeDee Lamb, I had question marks about. All right. Question marks about CeeDee Lamb. I was I was worried about his BMI. I was worried about his competition level. I was worried about his desire to be great um, and, and not just be, you know, an NFL football player. Now, were those, were those, you know, concerns that were valid? I don't know. But at the time of evaluating, those were concerns of mine. That's why he was my number three receiver. Uh, and my number three receiver this year, I have some concerns about, and we'll get into that. Rashad Bateman, similar to Justin Jefferson, I don't have any question marks about. Um, I think he has everything that we need in an NFL wide receiver. Now, listen, in high school, he measured at 6'3", 180. He went to Minnesota, measured at 6'2", uh, 210. And then he did his pro day and he measured at six foot 190. All right. That is a huge drop off, right? Um, Justin Jefferson uh, measured in at uh, six foot one, 202 pounds. So he had him, Jefferson's got him by an inch and 10 pounds, which is quite a bit because with Justin Jefferson running that four, four, three, that speed score, because he's a heavier player, was much more impressive. Um, at Bateman's pro day, I think he ran a four, four, one. Uh, I don't remember what it was, 443. Um, but anyways, I, I gave it that 500 of a second, so I moved it up. I think I think I had him at a 445, 446. Anyways, 447 was where I needed him to be um, to remain my top guy, and he hit that. So I'm very confident. I, I think that Bateman loves the game of football. He opted out. Uh, he came back. He played. Um, the thing about... Um, Rashad Bateman, similar to Justin Jefferson, he he's tremendous at finding holes in zone coverage. He's tremendous getting in and out of his breaks. Uh, he's tremendous catching the ball at the catch point with his hands. He has very strong hands. Uh, he's tremendous at locating the football. Um, he's just he's very good at everything. Is he elite at anything? I don't know, but I don't. I don't think Justin Jefferson was really elite at anything. He was just very good at everything. Uh, and, the, and one of the questions that I had, and I said, I, like, I think Justin Jefferson is the safest wide receiver in this class. Like, that's that was my take. I think he's the safe. Does he have the ceiling of Ceedee Lamb? Does he have the ceiling of Jared Judy? I don't know, but I think he's the safest. I think I, I don't think there's any chance that he busts. My model projected him to be a top five wide receiver in this class or I'm sorry, a top five fantasy football producer overall. 
personally, when I watched this film, I thought he had talent to be a wide receiver one, which is top 12, in my opinion. So I said, if he gets the top five, great. But I think he's a top 12 player for sure. Last year, he ended up at wide receiver six. Tremendous season. Great season. Same thing with Rashad Bateman. The wider the, the the model projects Rashad Bateman to be a top five wide receiver in the NFL, a top five receiver in the NFL. Watching his film again, just like I said with Justin Jefferson, I think he has potential to be a, a wide receiver one, a top 12. Do I think he's going to be Justin Jefferson? I don't. I don't think he's going to be that good. But I think he's going to be a very good producer. And when you look at his comps, and I don't want to spoil it right now, his comps are 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 awesome. His 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 comps are absolutely awesome. Um, his high end comp and his low end comp is a successful NFL player. That doesn't happen very often in my model, right? Last year, Justin Jefferson, I think his his uh, high end comp was Keenan Allen. His low end comp was Stephon Diggs. That's before Diggs had this top um, fantasy season in Buffalo. Um, but Bateman has a similar a similar comp. Uh, the other receivers in this class don't. They Some have a really good high-end comp, and their low-end comp is a player that we thought was going to be good and just busted. And I don't know why these players bust, but they did. So I'm going with these high-end, low-end comps. Rashad Bateman is my number one. I'm not worried about being six foot 190. Like I said, Jefferson was six foot one two oh two. You also look at Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley was a similar build, similar speed, uh, similar height to Rashad Bateman. Bateman can be that type of player. Um, so I want Bateman everywhere. And if you're listening to me, I advise you to take Bateman. Um, he's probably going to fall to the end of drafts, but I want him over every receiver. I want him over Kyle Pitts. Uh, the only player I really don't want him over is uh, Najee. I'll take Najee and the two quarterbacks, and then I'm taking Bateman. So Bateman right now is number four player in this class for me. Next up, my number two receiver, Mr. Devonta Smith. Devonta Smith, now, uh, again, I, I'm kind of worried that he didn't run at his pro day. He didn't lift. And I was on Twitter, and I was talking to people, and I said, he's going he's gonna to weigh in. And they're like, no, he's not going to weigh in. We don't think he's going to weigh in. They were right. I was wrong. So shout out to those that, that told me that Devonta wasn't going to measure. I, I was pretty confident that he was. He didn't. That's kind of a disappointment. But look, I've watched a lot of his film, a lot of his film, and this guy is a fucking player. He is a baller. He took J.C. Horn to school, right? People want to talk about how great J.C. Horn is. He took him to freaking school. Derek Stingley Jr., LSU, took him to school. Now, I know he's a few years older than Stingley, but he took him to school. I mean, this kid, Devonta Smith, is absolutely amazing. When he came into Alabama as a freshman, all right? And you can have whatever kind of questions you want to have about Devonta Smith, and that's fine. And I can't, I can't debunk every single one, but I'll tell you what I do know. When he came to Alabama, he was a defensive back. He tried. Alabama wanted him to play defensive back. So as a freshman, he played defensive back for a little bit in spring practice, right? When he got there, they didn't need him to be a receiver. Calvin Ridley was there. Um, Jerry Judy was a freshman. Uh, Henry Ruggs was a freshman. I believe Irv Smith was there. Robert Foster was there. I mean, they were, Alabama was loaded. Devonta Smith came in. They didn't need him to be a receiver, so they had him play defensive back. He eventually came back around to be a receiver. Was so-so, right? When you're competing with that many players, you're not going to perform as a freshman. It's not like he went to, you know, Purdue 
as a freshman and was the focal point of the offense. That didn't happen, right? His sophomore season, Ridley's gone. Then a freshman, Jalen Waddle, comes in, right? Jalen Waddle was a kick returner, a slot-type guy. I mean, he did all kinds of stuff. Devonta Smith still produced. He still did good, right? Jerry Judy was the star. Henry Ruggs was the alpha in the in the locker room. Um, those guys had athletic, elite athletic traits. I mean, Judy with his route running, Henry Ruggs with his speed. Um, you know, and, and Devonta Smith, I think his size really prevented him from seeing the field. Um, he was very good, though. So going into his junior season, I believe he might have led the team in either yards or receptions or touchdowns, one or the other. The point is he produced on a team with a lot of stars at receiver, a lot of pass catchers. He did very well. Now, he didn't go to the NFL, so my, my concern about him, and I have questions about him, my concern is if he's this good, why didn't he produce with Judy there? Why didn't he produce with Ruggs there? Why did it take for those two to leave before he actually broke out, right? And I believe it goes back to his size. I mean, he we know he's small. He might even be 160 pounds. Like, he says he's 170. Dude could be 160. And I mean, he's just bones, right? We should just call him... Someone needs to come up with a nickname just call him Bones. Because basically, that's what he is. He's, he's a little bit of meat on them bones. But that's it, man. And, and, and I don't know if he can add any more weight to that. But when... When the lights turn on and, and the timer starts and the whistle blows, this guy is a freaking baller. Electric off the line of scrimmage. Can create separation like nobody else. Speed. They want to say he's slow. He's not slow. I, I would think at the minimum he's a 4.5040. He is not slow. Dude runs like runs like a, a wild animal out there. Just gliding in and out of breaks. Just, I mean, just amazing. Hands. Catch radius awareness. I mean, he's just a playmaker. When, when Jalen Waddle was injured, they put him at kick returner. I think it was against Arkansas. The dude returned a kick for a touchdown, right? A kick or a punt. I don't remember which one it was. Kick or punt. Like, you don't do that unless you're an ultimate athlete, unless you're an ultimate player. You don't do things like that. Hold on. Let me take a drink. Cheers. Um, I'm getting there. I think I got a quarter left. Well, yeah, a little under half. Got a few more guys to talk about, and then I should be done drinking. So Devonta Smith, his BMI concerns me, right? BMI for CeeDee Lamb was a knock. BMI for Devonta Smith has to be a lock. Um, my model thinks that Devonta has potential to be a top 12 receiver in this class. Um so that's where I have him at. I, I think that uh, the model has Devonta Smith and Jamar Chase grade out the same. We'll talk about Jamar Chase next, uh, why he's third for me. But right now, Devonta Smith is second for me because on the field he's played. He hasn't quit. He's produced on the field. He He's the first wide receiver to win the Heisman in 30 years. We can poke holes in that if we want to, but the bottom line is he did it. Um. And I think he loves the game of football. I, I absolutely think he loves the game of football. I think he's going to work his ass off to be successful. Um, I, I hope he doesn't go to the Giants and is stuck with Daniel Jones. That's going to hurt. I'd love to see him go to a place where the quarterback is actually pretty decent. Um, but if he goes to the New York Giants, 
I'll probably be kind of bummed. Um, and we'll, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to think long and hard about that. If he goes, um, to a franchise with Daniel Jones, quarterback, but they could put God outside, let Smith run on the, on the slot. I mean, he could be a, he could be a nightmare at the slot. So we'll see what happens, but Devonta Smith's my number, my number two receiver and Jamar Chase, number three. This is the biggest, the biggest debate, um, that I, that I've had in, in, you can call me crazy, and 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 that's fine. And and I have some debates on Twitter, um, and, and I think that in order to be successful at Twitter, I think you just need to hype everybody. Just say everyone's great. Don't say anyone's bad because when you say people are bad, people hate you because those people love that player, right? So I think I need to change my approach on Twitter, and I'm just going to say everyone's great. Everyone's the best. Everybody's going to be a Hall of Famer. And then behind closed doors in the Patreon account, and I have these videos, I'm going to tell you, look, Jamar Chase is number three for me. Jamar Chase is absolutely the number three wide receiver in this class for me. I don't even think about putting him above Rashad Bateman. Not, e not even a question. And, and people on Twitter are like, no, he's elite. Jamar Chase is elite. Like, why do you not like Jamar Chase? He's absolutely elite. Now, let me break down Jamar Chase for you real quick. Um, Jamar Chase. Okay. Last year, when, or the year with Joe Burrow at LSU, Jamar Chase was unbelievable. Justin Jefferson, unbelievable. And I made a tweet, I think, at some point. I said, you know what? When Joe Burrow is gone and Jamar Chase doesn't produce like he's producing now, just remember he's still an elite receiver, potentially the number one receiver in this class. At one point, I had Jamar Chase as the number one receiver in this class. But things can change very, very, very quickly. And the one thing that changed for me, and I just cannot get this out of my mind, Jamar Chase opted out of the season. Jamar Chase who wants to make his professional career a football player, decided he didn't want to play football. That does not sit well with me. And people can say what they want. They want He wanted to prepare for the draft. That's fine. But that just shows me you're not worried about football. You're worried about yourself. You're worried about your money. You're worried about uh, your stardom, your fandom, whatever you want to call it. That's what you're worried about. And it solidified this to me when either after his pro year at some point, Jamar Chase made a comment. I want to be the first wide receiver drafted. My dream has been to be the first wide receiver drafted in the NFL. Okay. Now that's great. That is a great dream to have. But where is the, I want to be the greatest wide receiver of all time. My dream is to, I don't care where I'm drafted, I want to be great. I want to be the best that has ever played the game of football. You can draft me last. I don't care. I want to be great. No, he didn't say that. His goal from the beginning has been to be the number one receiver drafted. Why? Is it because money? Is it because fame? Is it because you're going to go as the first player in a history book to be drafted number one in your class? Is it just because you want to prove yourself you're the best player in that class? Why 
do you want to be number one wide receiver drafted? Why don't you just want to be the greatest wide receiver to ever play the game? I don't know why. Maybe he does, but that's not what he said. He said he wants to be the number one receiver drafted. So it makes sense now because when he opted out, people were like, oh, he's just preparing for the draft. He's already proven what he can do. And my thought process is as a former, former football player, if you play football and you love football, you don't want to sit on the sidelines. You want to be with your teammates. You want to be in the locker room. You want to have that camaraderie with your teammates. You want to have the ups and the downs and be there for each other. That's what playing football is all about, right? When these guys leave the game of football, what do they say? Do they say they miss the money? Do they say they miss the fame? Do they say they miss being the first player drafted? No, they don't say that. They say they miss being with their teammates. They miss being in the locker room. They miss the game days. They miss the, the, the camaraderie with their teammates. That's what the players that love football miss. And anyone that loves football is not going to sit out an entire football season to prepare for the NFL draft. I'm sorry. I am sorry. You are more focused on other things than being a teammate, being a successful football player. You're worried about securing that bag. And that's fine. If that's what you want to do. But don't tell me he's going to be a great football player than if he doesn't love the game of football. Because the only way you're going to be successful in the NFL is if you love the game of football and you work at the game of football. So, excuse me. <laughs> I'm getting all worked up. I need, to, I need a drink of my, my Miami whammy. And listen, like I said, when I, when I joined Twitter, my goal was to try to help Everyone be better at fantasy football. Be more successful at fantasy football. But people don't want to hear me criticize Jamar Chase because they love Jamar Chase and they think Jamar Chase is going to help them be successful in fantasy football. So I'm hurting my, my cause by saying don't draft Jamar Chase, similar to, like I said, don't draft CeeDee Lamb. Last year, I probably got more hate from saying don't draft CeeDee Lamb than I have for being right about putting Justin Jefferson as wide receiver one. And people say, well, why don't you like CeeDee Lamb? It's not that I don't like CeeDee Lamb. I do like CeeDee Lamb. I think CeeDee Lamb is a great wide receiver. But I don't think he was better than Judy, and I don't think he's better than Justin Jefferson. I don't hate Jamar Chase. I think Jamar Chase is an absolute stud football player. You don't do what he did if you're not. But I don't think he's going to be a better NFL player than Rashad Bateman, and I don't think he's going to be a better NFL player than Devonta Smith. And I could be wrong about that, but this is just my process. And I don't think I'm doing myself a service by getting on Twitter and saying don't, that, that Jamar Chase is not elite and that Jamar Chase is, is not the guy you want. And, and with all due respect to everybody, I'm very opinionated and I respect everyone that I debate with. And I, I don't you know, think any different of you if I disagree. But I'm very adamant about my process. I'm very confident in my process. And, and I, I'm wrong. I'm wrong a lot. Um, but whether I'm wrong or right, I'm very confident in, in my process. So... I think that Jamar Chase is not going to be the guy that we think he is. But you're going to see a change probably in my Twitter if I can if I can if I can find a way to just hype everybody and then on the Patreons whoever wants to really support the Roto Lounge and talk to me, you want to know who I like, ask me who I like, ask me for my rankings, I'll tell you who I like. 
Um, but I'm just going to fluff every prospect and just say they're all great. I think that's the only way to really, you know, get people to kind of listen to what you're saying. But continuing on to Jamar Chase. All right. So he decided to sit out a season to prepare for the NFL draft, work out all the time, run the 40, prepare for all the combine drills, absolutely destroyed the combine. The dude prepared for an entire year for that day, for his pro day, not combine, pro day. While all the other receivers were playing football, Rashad Bateman was playing football. Devonta Smith was out there winning the Heisman Trophy. Elijah Moore was putting up 47% of his offensive market share. Seth Williams was inconsistent. All right. But these players were playing while Jamar Chase was preparing for the draft. Okay. That concerns me. Now, the next thing is, well, his workout metrics, he's absolutely elite. He is elite in everything he's done. His 4.38, his 40-inch vertical, his bench press, okay? When I dig through the leaves and, and, and don't miss the forest for the trees, I notice that he has short arms, very short arms. Are they trying to catch the ball like this? Very short arms for his height. And 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 all due respect, Bloody Sunday, we had a debate about Jamar Chase's elite. When his question was, when is the last time we've seen a player as elite as Jamar Chase? And my response was, well, he's not elite. He's not elite. So how do we answer that? And tell me how he's not elite. All right. So let's talk about it. So I, I got my my model over here, and the battery's gonna die on my laptop, so I hope it doesn't die. So Jamar Chase measured. At, bear with me here for a second. What the heck? There it is. Okay. All right. So his arms, Jamar Chase arm length, 30.75. 30.75. In my model, in order to hit a top five, you have to have a 30 inch arm length, which is fine. But he had a 30 point. Uh, seven five for his height is very short. So the first thing I did, let's filter the filter the model. He was uh, his height was seventy two inches on the dot. So what I did was I, I took some measurements that were similar. So filter uh, 72, 71.875, 72.175, like very similar uh, height. Then I said, okay, of the players that had that type of height, who had who had the arms, the short arms of Jamar Chase, the 30.75? So I filtered it. I got a 31 inch. I got 30.75, which is Jamar Chase. I got a 30.63, and I got a 30.75. All right. Then I said, okay, well, let's look at the speed, right? So he had a 438. Four, you add 500 of a second, rounds it up to 4.43. I got some receivers that had a 4.46, 4.43, 4.49, 4.32, right? So there's very few players in this in this range of height, arm length, speed, and it knocked down to four receivers. So the question was, when has we seen a receiver this elite? And we're looking at athletic measurables because Jamar Chase played one season. So I can't look at his college production for one season because he decided not to play. So we're looking at his athletic measurables. All right. 
So this player that's the closest comp to him, uh, let me know if you can guess who it was. All right, first we want to look at the BMI, okay? The BMI is your body mass index. It, it's your height. Uh, it's your uh, your height divided by your weight divided by your height multiplied by 703 equals your BMI. Uh, Jamar Chase is was a 27.25. This comparable had a 27.26. Very similar, right? All right. Height. Jamar Chase was 72 inches. This player was 71.875. Pretty damn close, right? Okay. Weight. Jamar Chase was 201. This player was 204. Pretty close, right? Bench press. Jamar Chase had 23 reps. Now, again, if you ever lift weights, the shorter your arms, the easier it is to do those bench presses, right? You can't do a bench press when you're, uh, long arms, right? Anyone that's bench press knows that. Shorter arms are better. Jamar Chase put up 23, which is damn impressive. So this person only had 14. So there was a drop off there. Vertical jump. Jamar Chase had 41 inches. This player had 37 inches. Pretty darn close. Broad jump. Jamar Chase beats him pretty well. 132 to 117. Uh, three cone. Jamar Chase, seven seconds. This player, 7.23 seconds. And we look at the arm length. Jamar Chase, 30.75. This player, 30.63. Very, very similar. Very similar comparables, right? Who do you think that player is? I'll give you three seconds to think of that player while I drink my drink. Go. Uh-oh, I'm starting to sip. All right. Did you guess? Did you figure it out? The, the comparable to Jamar Chase, when the question is, when have we ever seen an elite player like Jamar Chase? The player is Terrence Copper. Terrence fucking Copper is a comparable elite athlete to Jamar Chase. Get the fuck out of here with Jamar Chase is this elite athlete. Who the fuck is Terrence Copper? Now, my fucking Miami Whammy starting to kick in. Y'all get me all worked up. I'm going to have to shut this thing off real quick before they shut me off themselves. Terrence Copper has the same elite athletic measurables as Jamar Chase. Now, if Jamar Chase had longer arms, this would be a completely, completely different comp. But the fact is, his arms are short as fuck. So, uh-oh, battery running low. He needs to be able to have elite measurables because contested catches, catch radius, that's going to be a bitch for Jamar Chase. The best thing that can happen to Jamar Chase is he can go to Joe Burrow and the Bengals because I'm afraid if he goes to somewhere like the Eagles and Jalen Hurts, there's a good chance he quits before he quits on Joe Burrow. I think that Joe Burrow will keep motivated. That's the best thing that can happen to Jamar Chase. Who's Terrence Copper? You're probably saying, who the fuck is Terrence Copper? Terrence Copper was a receiver that played for the Dallas Cowboys, the New Orleans Saints, the Baltimore Ravens, and the Kansas City Chiefs. A fucking nobody, right? But he had the same athletic measurables as your boy, Jamar Chase. But you say, well, Brad, come on, man. Give me someone else. Give me someone that was similar draft in the first round. Yes. Same uh, type of measurables draft in the first round. I have two of them. Of the four players, Jamar Chase, Terrence Copper, there's two others. They were both drafted in the first round. Okay? Let's compare them. All right. Arm length. Again, 30.75 is Jamar Chase. Remember that number. One of these players had a 31-inch. 
The other one had a 30.75, okay, similar to Jamar Chase, all right? Let's look at the broad jump. One had a 123, Jamar Chase, 132. The other one, a 126, all right? Vertical, one had a 38-inch. One had, or Jamar had 41-inch. The other had a 34. Weight, one was 193. Mm. One was 186, mm, and Jamar Chase was 201. So then the weight starts to kind of deviate a little bit. But again, there's not very many comps of a player that's this tall with those short of arms, right? So then we talk about the height. Jamar Chase was 72. The other receiver was 72. The other receiver was 72.125 inches, 40 times. One was a 4.46. The other was a 4.32, all right? BMI, one was a 26.18, one was a 25.14. Again, we talk about that weight because when you get that six foot tall and you get the short arms, there's not very many comps of that player. But these two receivers were drafted in the first round. Similar comps to Jamar Chase. So to answer your question, who, what receivers have we seen with this elite type of measurables as Jamar Chase? Don't disregard the red flags, the short arms. Don't disregard that. You have to include all of that. These receivers, one, do you remember Anthony Gonzalez? Drafted in the first round from Ohio State to the Colts. He was a big <laughs> thumbs down. The next one you might like, you might like him. He's a little juiced up now, and he's a spinner for four games right now. He's just uh, traded or signed to Miami Dolphins. That would be Mr. Will Fuller. So Will Fuller, Anthony Gonzalez, and Terrence Copper are three very similar athletes to Jamar Chase. Now, I'll tell you, my model doesn't comp these guys. Like, if, if, if we want to comp, like, it should be a comp to that. But, but the comp doesn't include... Um, college production. These guys didn't have the college production that Jamar Chase had. And he had that great season. Now again, Jamar Chase had he had 27% market share of LSU's receptions. He had 31% of the market share of LSU's yards. And he had 33% market share of LSU's touchdowns. That's not technically elite market share of his team. Guys like Elijah Moore who had 40%. Rashad Bateman, 37% of his team's offense. And I know they don't have teammates, right? They didn't have Justin Jefferson. They didn't have Terrence Marshall. I get that. I get that. But if if LSU didn't throw for 5,600 yards and 60 touchdowns, and you still give um, Jamar Chase his market share, and, and you knock off, you know, 1,000 yards from Joe Burrow, you knock off 20 touchdowns, you knock off, you know, 100 completions, and, and you still give him, you know, his same metrics, you're talking about a 1,300-yard season with 13 touchdowns. That is not elite. That is not elite. All right? And, and he decided to opt out because he had such a huge season at LSU. I'm telling you, I like Jamar Chase, but Jamar Chase is not a shoe-in at the NFL level. Absolutely, he is not a shoe-in at the NFL level. He is not a slam dunk. Absolutely not. And... Like I mentioned, I think the best thing that can happen to Jamar Chase is he goes to Cincinnati Bengals. Joe Burrow keeps him motivated. They throw the ball around like nobody else. If he goes somewhere like the New York Giants 
if he goes somewhere like the Philadelphia Eagles, I have concerns that he's more worried about the fame, the money, the status of being an NFL player than he does about being great at the NFL level. I could be wrong. I could be way wrong. But because of these reasons, I have Jamar Chase as my third best receiver in this class. And I can't drop any lower than that because he's just an he he has the he has the metrics to be solid. He has the metrics to be a good NFL player. Does he have the desire to be great? Does he have that love for the game of football that I want? I don't want to be burned again like I was burned by Sammy Watkins. Like I was burned by Nikhil Harry. Because they got caught up in the wrong things. They weren't focused on football. They don't have the love for football. They have all the athletic measurables. They have the production. They have all that stuff. Nikhil Harry was my number one receiver over A.J. Brown. But he doesn't have the desire to be great. He doesn't. He wanted the money. Sammy Watkins. Man, his rookie season, he got caught up with smoking weed every night, drinking every night. Couldn't take care of his body. The pressure got to him. You can't predict that stuff. You cannot predict that stuff. But if you see the red flags pop up, you have to pay attention. And Jamar Chase opting out for the season is a huge red flag for me. Because if he loved football and he loved his teammates, he would have said, you know what? I'm going to play football and whatever happens, happens. But he didn't do that. And I don't want this podcast to be about Jamar Chase. But I can't say this on Twitter because people will hate me on Twitter. I got to say Jamar Chase is the best. He's awesome. But if you're following me and you, and you listen to the Roto Lounge, I'm telling you Rashad Bateman's the way to go this year in this draft class. Trade down in the first round. If you don't want to take him over Chase, that's fine. If you don't want to take him over Smith, that's fine. Trade those picks. Move down out of 2022 first. Trade down to number eight, number nine. Add a second round and drop a few spots. Pick up Bateman and then maybe a running back, a Chuba Hubbard in round two. That's how you win your fantasy drafts. That's how you win your fantasy drafts. Listen. I'm going to start slurping this drink. I didn't get a chance to talk about Seth Williams. I didn't get a chance to talk about Elijah Moore. I didn't get a chance to talk about Rondell Moore. I didn't get a chance to talk about Kyle Pitts, Brevin Jordan, Pat Fryermuth. I didn't get a chance to talk about all these guys. That's why we're going to have Rookie Review Part 2. Yes, we're going to do it. Listen, if you're not following me on Patreon, you're missing out, man. We're going to crush our fantasy leagues. We're going to have a good time doing it. You're dealing with a very opinionated motherfucker. But listen, we're going to have fun doing it. We're going to drink some cocktails. We're going to drink some whiskey. We're going to talk fantasy football. We're going to have bourbon bowls. We're going to do giveaways, give out merch, maybe some signed jerseys, some whiskey. We're going to have the Discord chat. We're going to have the mock drafts. We're going to have the Zoom calls. We're going to have the Telestrator breakdowns. We're going to have the rankings. All this is on Patreon for as little as $2 a month. Come on, man. What you getting for $2 a month now? You ain't going to get that. Listen, I, I am so glad to be back. I am so glad to be back behind the mic. 
I got to focus on the patrons. I got to focus on my data film comps. But I want to give you guys a little something, talk about some rookies. Hopefully, you guys look forward to the podcast. I'm here to provide that to you. I'm about out of this rum drink. So, for Brad Starks at the Roto Lounge, you don't got to go home. You got to get on up out of here. You heard me? Cheers, my friends. Until next time, this has been Roto Lounge. <laughs>